Matthew chapter 14 and verse 21 is where we begin reading, and uh, we'll read a few verses, and then we'll talk a little bit about the subject that I feel like the Lord has given us for tonight. Matthew 14, 21, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So every time you've heard people talk about, you know, this great miracle of the Lord feeding 5,000, and they say, well, that's not counting the women and the children, so there's probably more than 5,000. And you've just always thought that those were preachers and evangelists that were exaggerating and used to, you know, elaborating on their numbers. Now you have Bible and verse for it. It specifically says there were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So that was quite a crowd. Amen. And they were all gathered. Of course, you know, the Lord fed every one of them. Verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. It sounds like to me they didn't want to get into the ship. He constrained them. And to go before him unto the other side. He really wanted that. And I'm sure they didn't want to go because they didn't want to go without him. Uh, and, and he says, while he sent the multitudes away. And so he um, sends the multitude away. They've been fed spiritually, naturally. He puts the disciples on the ship, send them to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart. There you can see, you know, he wanted to get away uh, to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So the Lord wanted to get alone and pray. The disciples were on the ship going over the Sea of Galilee, and the multitudes have gone back home. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, not to be confused with the time when Jesus was on board with them on the ship, and they were also in a storm, and that's the story where he came up and stood on the bow of the boat and said, peace be still. This is not that occasion. This is a, another occasion. The ship was now in the midst of the sea. It was tossed with waves. And this is the phrase where we're going to take our Bible study from tonight. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out, for fear. That word spirit, as we know, is interchangeable with the word ghost. They did not recognize that it was Jesus. They literally thought they were seeing a ghost in the midst of the storm walking on the sea. I want to uh, talk a little bit tonight, pulling our thought from verse 24, and I want to talk to you about contrary winds. Contrary winds. Winds. Now, we talk a lot about the wind. Of course, our church is named East Wind as we uh, rebranded this year to that, and we understand what that means, East Wind being uh, a representation of the power of God because the East Wind blew and opened up the Red Sea as the children of Israel were fleeing out of Egypt, and God was taking them to the Promised Land. So we know that east wind represents the provision or the power of God. We know the east wind blew and the manna came and the, and the quail and all, and they fed them. So we know that that was a part of God's provision. And then, of course, the promise of God is also 
represented by the east wind because the children of Israel moved toward the east as they moved toward their promise. And the Bible talks about us looking toward the eastern sky and the eastern gate. And so there's all of these indicators from Scripture that it represents the provision, the power, and the promise of God. But we all live in Florida. And so we understand that many times the wind can be contrary. Can be contrary. Um, a tornado, a storm. Uh, the wind doesn't march to our drumbeat. And uh, sometimes you can't control, uh, or many times you can't control. In fact, you never can fully control the wind. Now, you can try to harness it as they do with uh, windmills and whatnot. And of course, we're trying to do that as we become more and more conscious of clean energy. And when you go out west, you see on the hills these giant windmills um, that are turning around and around, and they are in strategic locations to try to harness the wind and create energy. But the wind um, is, is something that uh, can be uh, for you when it's at your back. It can be against you when it's in your face. And uh, if you've ever uh, run a race or, or ridden a bike for a long period of time, you, you know it's a big difference if the wind is behind you, uh, helping you, or if it's in front of you, blowing against you and uh, I, I can remember a couple times in, in my uh, life in, in recent years where I was riding bikes with friends and family and my kids and we were had the wind at our back and we had those those big bikes you know that you can just ride on the sand and we were riding down the beach and we were just riding and riding and riding and riding and we were just thinking how beautiful it was and the wind was at our back until we had to turn around and come back that was a whole different story. And uh, I didn't know if we were ever uh, going to make it back, but we did eventually. But it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whole different ball game. The wind uh, behind you or the wind in front of you. And so life has a lot of contrary winds and situations and circumstances that you don't necessarily know um, how to handle, but yet they blow uh, into our life. And, and sometimes... Um, contrary wind is just is just noise it's wind but it's also noise uh, I had I don't know about you but I had a hard time watching that presidential debate last night I felt like it was a lot of contrary wind that was <laughs> that was going on and on and on and I'm just sitting there shaking my head thinking what have we become as a nation and uh, I mean, I understand the contrary nature of debate. I was on the moot court team in law school, and I've won competitions. I've debated a good part of my life. I, I still am um, part of a lot of heated debates as it relates to uh, advocating in, in ju judicial settings um, within our own organization. But, so I'm not shy necessarily about the contrary nature of a debate. But now my wife, on the other hand, she just, she's like, I can't watch that. She just goes and does something else, you know. And I'm just there yelling at the TV as if they can hear me in Cleveland. I'm just yelling at the television. And at some point, you must think, this is another sign that the Lord is coming soon. Two 70-year-old guys yelling at each other, calling names. It's crazy. But there are contrary winds. It's noise. It's, it's in our atmosphere. It's a part of uh, you and I and our lives. 
Now, let me just say this. If you are going to be making um, a, a, a stand, and of course, uh, you wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't trying to live by biblical principles, but if you are uh, making up your mind that you're going to be uh, standing for truth and standing for biblical principles, then guess what? You're going to have contrary winds. You're, you're going to have uh, opposition. It's just, it goes with the territory. And uh, if you don't uh, believe the prophetic word that we received, even in our uh, Sunday morning services this past weekend, then all you need to do is look around and see and know that the end is near. I said the end is near. And, and I know it's already started, but this is just the beginning. I, I truly believe in my heart that the next six to eight months, there's going to be a lot of contrary wind that's going to blow. And I mean storms are going to blow. And ladies and gentlemen, do not be troubled. Lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. God is the captain of this ship. And we understand how this, this wind works in the natural. But I want to talk about spiritual winds specifically, how they can affect us and how we should uh, react to them. John chapter uh, 3 and verse 8 says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And that word listeth means where it desireth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, Jesus said these words, and he used the wind to illustrate the, the uncertain aspects of the moving of the Spirit. And we know that there are many of those uncertain aspects of the moving of the Spirit. There are four things that describe the Holy Ghost in Scripture. One is oil, the oil that was used for healing. And many times you see where the Spirit of God is represented in Scripture um, with the metaphor of oil. And then the dove, we see where uh, the dove, which represents compassion. And all of these are different attributes of the Holy Spirit. But we see how even when Jesus was baptized, the dove and, and all that it represents as uh, it relates to compassion. And then fire. Uh, the fire is the, is the power of God. And it uh, many times, the Bible says, even in the book of Acts, when the uh, 120 that were in the upper room were filled with the Spirit, the Bible said there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. And so fire is often used to, uh, as a natural metaphor of a spiritual force, which is the Spirit of God. But the one that we look to uh, most often is wind. And wind is interesting because when, when you and I look at uh, wind as a metaphor of the Spirit of God, and the Bible, you know, of course, has numerous examples of it. What we, what we see is that wind has the ability to change what it impacts. It changes the atmosphere. And when there's this change in the atmosphere, the wind blows into it, and, and you can have a very uh, heated uh, atmosphere. It can be hot. It can be humid. And I'm so thankful that we live in Florida, but I'm more thankful that we live on the coast in Florida. I don't know if you've ever spent a amount of time in Orlando. If you're watching Orlando or Ocala, God bless you. We love you. We hope you keep watching from indoors where it's air conditioned. It gets very, very hot over there in the middle of the state. 
And people say, oh, we just couldn't live in Florida. I'm like, you got to try the East Coast. We always got a cool breeze coming off the ocean. Hallelujah. And they're like, isn't that where you get hurricanes? I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I've lived there for, well, all my life in Florida. And uh, before I lived here, I lived uh, up uh, near Panama City. So they've had their share of hurricanes too. And I can honestly say I've never been in a hurricane where I felt like my life was threatened. But I'm thankful that every day we get wind that comes off the ocean and cools our fevered brow. Amen. <laughs> it gives us a little refreshing. So you can have an atmosphere where there's a lot of heat, but the wind can move. You remember the old days before we had air conditioning that I'm, I'm still not quite sure how air conditioning works, but I'm so thankful that it does. It somehow removes humidity from the air somehow. I've had Brother Spencer try to explain it to me more than once, but uh, somehow it does something in coils and this and Freon and whatnot. It used to be Freon. Now I don't think they let them use Freon anymore. But there's this system that air But even before you had that, remember the old days where you just had a fan that blew? Now, the fan did not make the air cool. All it did was move the air. But just the moving of it, just static air becoming wind changes the atmosphere. Oh, hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the great things about serving the Lord as an apostolic Pentecostal that believes in the moving of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues as the evidence of that Holy Ghost infilling is that you and I know we're not serving a God that we can't feel. That doesn't change the atmosphere. When the Lord comes on the scene, he makes a difference. Amen. And you don't have to believe me. You can know him for yourself. You don't have to just listen to what grandma and grandpa told you. You can know him because the spirit of God, it changes the atmosphere. And wind does. When the wind blows, and we know it blows where it desires, it changes the atmosphere. And many times for the positive, sometimes for the negative. Now, let's talk for just a moment a little bit more about the negative aspect of wind blowing because we're talking about contrary winds. One of the things that you can't tell the Holy Ghost is that you can't say to the Holy Ghost, blow here, but don't blow over there. Lord, we want you to bless us, but not our neighbors. <laughs> you know, the, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, it blows where it listed, where it desired. I'm so thankful that God favors us over and over again by allowing us to come into his presence and, and people receive the Holy Ghost and there's this atmosphere of freedom and worship and the Spirit of the Lord is here. We can't, not, we, we can't manufacture that. All we can do is say, Lord, we thank you and we pray that you'll always let your Spirit move in this place and thank you, Lord, for showing us favor with the moving of your spirit. But here's, here's another part of the spirit of God that maybe some would observe as being contrary wind. And that is that the Holy Ghost will blow stuff out of your life that you may not want to get rid of. <laughs> You're like, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost to be that goosebump machine that just makes me feel good. But I'm going to tell you what else the Holy Ghost will do. The Holy Ghost will convict you. There's stuff you used to do that you, you never thought anything about it. I mean, places you'd go and people you hung out with and things that you'd wear, and you never thought twice about it. And after you got the Holy Ghost without anybody saying anything to you, all of a sudden you weren't comfortable over there anymore. 
or you weren't comfortable in that atmosphere, or you weren't comfortable walking out of the house looking like that. You had the Spirit of God on board that was blowing stuff out of your life. Now, other people maybe looked at it and said, boy, those are some contrary winds. And maybe you even looked at it and said, I don't know why I'm feeling convicted about this. I never did before. I'm so thankful, hallelujah, that the Spirit of God, it blows where it desireth, and it will blow some stuff out of your life. You can't control it. Obstacles can't stop it. You can't talk yourself out of it. The Spirit of the Lord blows where it desireth. And sometimes it's contrary. Now, here's what I mean by contrary. Many times, it's contrary to your will. You remember recently we were talking about how you have to subrogate or you have to submit your will uh, to God's will. And when we die out, and then we heard other preachers that, that, that came along and, and reinforced that same word. But when you, when you submit your will, you are putting yourself in a position where God's will can um, take the uh, superior position in your life. When that happens... When God's will is in a, a more superior position in your life um, as, as really being on the throne of your heart and your own will is submitted to that, you are putting yourself in a position where God's favor can be upon you. God's blessings can be upon you. But it doesn't just happen. It, it requires a certain amount of sacrifice. It requires you saying, uh, here's what I want, but here's what I know I need. And I don't know if you're like this, but it seems like I have that battle every time I go out to eat and I look at a menu. It's like, here's what I want. Here's what I know I'm supposed to eat. But then I see, here's what I want. And it's a battle, right? And so every aspect of our flesh is like that. And the Spirit of God, when it comes into our life, it blows. And many times it can be contrary to our own will. Now, I want to try to show you where some things may appear to be contrary uh, on the surface, but if you'll just allow your life to be submitted to biblical principles, you're going to find that those contrary winds uh, can work in your favor. And if you'll just allow God to, to, to work in your life, even in, a, in, a, in an unfavorable environment, even when you get a report that you can't believe, even when things seem like they're upside down, it doesn't mean that God has somehow distanced himself from you. It just means that God is setting you up for a blessing and a miracle like you have never seen before. And you're going to get closer to God than you've ever been before. But you may have to go through some contrary winds before you see him walking on the water. So we know that the wind does not always blow uh, in our favor. And so we, we use the example before this. We'll continue with that same analogy. It is a headwind. And we know that that same that same wind that, that bumps you around uh, and, and, and knocks you around and makes it so uh, uncomfortable for many people uh, to even ride in an airplane uh, because the wind and the currents and, and all that happens with uh, making that plane ride less than absolutely smooth, then you, you have to recognize that though that wind may not be one that you favor, it is the same wind that gives you lift that allows that flying plane to stay up in the air 
And so I don't know about you, but even if I have to have a few bumps, I want that thing to keep flying. And I think you know this, but we'll, re we'll uh, reiterate it. When a plane takes off, it has to take off into the wind. It doesn't take off with the wind at its back. It takes off into the wind. It needs the wind coming at it. Because of the way a plane gets lift with the camber and the design and the leading edge of the airplane and the theory of lift and all that happens, and the air comes over and it hits the front of that wing and the way it goes faster over the top and slower on the bottom, it creates more lift and so forth. I may have said that wrong, but it happens to where the pressure changes and there's greater pressure under it than there is pressure uh, above it, and that's how you get lift. It's an amazing thing that you can get a, you know, such a heavy piece of equipment up in the air. But the way that that works is because of the way the wind is coming at it. And so they, they want a headwind. If you ever watch the windsock at an airport, you'll see the way they, they land, which direction they land in runways and all that is based upon which way the wind's blowing. And so you may be, you know, landing on nine or right or nine or left, uh, you know, uh, in the morning and that's flipped around and you're landing the opposite direction on the same runway later on in the, in the same day in the same air. Why? Because the wind shifted. And so they want to land into the wind because that obviously helps to slow it down and they want to take off into the wind because they get lift. It could just be using that as an illustration that the very thing that you see as an obstacle in your life, the very thing that you see that you are fighting against, it may be the very thing that's going to lift you up to a higher place in the Lord than you've ever been before. And so contrary winds are not necessarily for your destruction and my destruction, but therefore you and I to recognize that he is our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. And the very thing sometimes that is uncomfortable, the very thing that convicts us is also the very thing that will save us. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say that again. The very thing that convicts us is the very thing that can save us. Thank God, hallelujah, for the Holy Ghost that gives us, amen, an opportunity to listen to that still small voice and to listen to the influence of God's very nature in our minds and in our spirits. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for a church that believes the word of God, even though it may not be popular in, in our modern day culture, in this postmodern environment that we're in. I'm thankful for the word of God that's oftentimes counterculture, but I'm thankful for that wind because even though it may not be what I want to hear, what I want to read, and what I want to believe, I recognize that it's designed to save me and my family. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that it's not all you know, cotton candy and it's not all ice cream. Sometimes it's the, it's the meat of God's word that we have to sink our teeth into it. And we don't always want to hear that, but it's what will save us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The answer is in the adversity. The answer is in the adversity. Now, the Spirit of God can blow into your life. It can blow a lot of stuff out of your life, but it will also pick you up.
Let's read some verses. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. Oh, I love this verse, don't you? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now, I, I, I've read this verse many times, but um, I saw something recently, and I want to spend just a couple of minutes on this, and then we'll move on. I always thought about this verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So I always thought that meant if you wait upon the Lord, the Lord's going to take you on a ride, hallelujah, like the way the, the eagles, you know, the uh, way they use the currents of the air and all. And, uh, but then it says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's not always flying in the air. Sometimes it's running. Sometimes it's walking. Sometimes you're not getting there as quick as you want to get there. Sometimes you're running and panting and you're out of breath and, you, and it's, it, it's, it's not easy to keep on keeping on. But the same wind, hallelujah, that causes you and I to mount up to renew our strength and to mount up as wings on an eagle. Oh, hallelujah. Is the same God that gives us what we need when we're walking and not flying. When we're running, it's still the same God that's with us on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes, we can feel the Lord when we're in uh, conferences and camps and there's a lot of people and we're a great big atmosphere and there's thousands of people gathered together or hundreds of people gathered together and you get in that atmosphere and you feel enraptured. You feel like, boy, the Lord could come just right now and, and you're soaring like an eagle. But ladies and gentlemen, he's also with you when you're just walking day to day and your immune system may be compromised and you can't get to the house of God and you're in your house and you're watching the service online. You're just walking. You're facing contrary winds. But I've come to tell you that the Holy Ghost is not a spirit that only moves in certain atmospheres. The Holy Ghost is not timid. The Holy Ghost is not some sort of a holy grail that's only available at certain places and locations. But, oh, I'm thankful that the Spirit of God is with me when I'm sick. The Spirit of God is with me when I've got a crisis in my family. The Spirit of God is with me when there's difficulty on my job. Yes, He's with me when I'm sore, but He's also with me when I'm walking and when I'm running. He renews my strength. Oh, hallelujah. If you know anything about eagles... You know, they use the contrary winds. Woo! Hallelujah. To soar even higher. Those eagles put out that big old wingspan, and everybody else may be running for cover in a storm, but not an eagle. An eagle even gets more excited. And I, I was reading something the other day, boy, I got so excited. I said, man, I got to remember to tell the church about this. And I've forgotten the last 12 services, but I just now remember. Thank you, Jesus. When, a, when an eagle wants to take out a snake, the eagle doesn't fight the snake on the ground. The eagle snatches the snake up and takes it way up in the wind 
and throws it in the wind. And the snake's all disoriented, flies around through the wind, and it swoops down and grabs it again and twists it all up, flings it again. And it defeats the snake on its territory, not on the snake's territory. The snake was designed, you can even go back to Genesis and read about this, to crawl on its belly on the earth. But when I renew my strength through the Lord, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what the enemy has thrown my way. I'm not going to fight the devil on his terms. Come on, I'm going to renew my strength. I'm going to mount up on the wings of an eagle. Hallelujah. That old snake can't survive up there. Finally, it just dies. It just gives out. And then the eagle takes it wherever it wants to take it and devours it. But the eagle fights the snake on its terms. That's why whenever the enemy came after the Lord and tried to tempt him when he was in that wilderness and fasting 40 days and night, he tried to get the Lord to fight him on his terms. Guess what the Lord kept saying? It is written. <laughs> You don't need to fight the enemy with your own weapons. You need to take him to the word of God. Because that's where we get our strength from. No, don't fight the enemy on your terms. Fight him, hallelujah, on the territory of God's word and God's will and God's spirit. The enemy gets disoriented in that atmosphere. He can't survive in that atmosphere. He can't cause harm to you or your family in that atmosphere don't get down in the dirt with him hallelujah stay up in the air Woo. hallelujah all right let's read some more psalms chapter 18 and verse 10 we're doing good we're gonna you're gonna be so happy tonight <laughs> psalms chapter 18 and verse 10 and he rode upon a cherub that's an angel and did fly yea he did fly upon the wings of the wind whoo hallelujah have you ever just had everything in the world go wrong with you had a bad week all kind of contrary noise voices wind currents everything you can imagine but you got into the house of God and the Spirit of God started to blow and all of a sudden everything that had happened to you that day that week it all seemed like it just evaporated on the, on the white ocean of God's power and God's presence. And all of a sudden you felt lifted up in your own spirit because you knew God was on your side. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what that is, my friend? That's the wings of the wind. Even a contrary wind has got wings. Hallelujah. And it'll pick you up. Don't board up the windows of your soul. Let the wind blow. Hallelujah. Don't worry about your stuff. Let the wind blow. It's going to lift you up. It's going to take you to higher ground. Hallelujah. God is on your side. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees those hands that hang down lift them up hallelujah when you lift up your hands people say how come you Pentecostals lift your hands so much you know why we lift our hands we lift our hands in a declaration 
that God is our authority and our power. And when I lift my hands to praise him, I'm saying, not my will, but thy will be done. But it is also a declaration of praise and worship, hallelujah, that though I feel like hanging my head and hanging my hands, I'm lifting up my head. I'm lifting up my hands. I'm getting in a position and a posture for the supernatural to come. I'm saying, Lord, not my will, but you have your way, oh God. And so I'm going to lift up. That's why the Bible said, lift up your heads, oh ye gates. Even be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. You want God to blow into your life? You want God to blow into your finances? Into your family? You've got to lift up your hands. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Oh, hallelujah. God is on the throne. He is my strength and my song. Luke chapter 21 and verse 28 and when these things begin to come to pass what things contrary winds when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh John chapter 4 and verse 35 say not ye there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest behold I say unto you Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And I tell you that a lot of people in this world are looking for a sign. But I feel in the Holy Ghost that the Lord is saying, it's already here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's already here. There's nothing you got to look to. There's nothing you got to look for. We are in the last days. Jeremiah chapter 22 and verse 20. Go up to Lebanon and cry and lift up thy voice in Bashan and cry from the passages for all thy lovers are destroyed. It is the wind that is going to lift you and me out of here it is the holy ghost that will lift me and you to see jesus it is the spirit of god romans 8 11 says that's going to quicken my mortal body and your mortal body this is something job had to learn this was an aspect that job had to learn about god and we would do well to also learn the same lesson because in job chapter 1 and verse 19 it says and behold there came a great wind, a great wind, from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. You'd have to say, this is a contrary wind. And it fell upon the young men and they all died. That's a contrary wind. And I only am escaped alone to tell. Job was experiencing this, but I'm thankful that the story doesn't end there. Because look at Job chapter 30 and verse 22. Thou liftest me up to the wind. Thou causest me to ride upon it and dissolvest my substance. Now it's easy to read that and lose that last phrase. Dissolvest my substance is the wind that lifted him up and caused him to ride upon it. 
is the same wind that dissolved all of his substance. He lost everything, but yet he gained everything. <laughs> that is so contrary to the principles of the, the thinking of our culture that we're in. Our world says, get all you can. Cheat everybody you have to. Do whatever. Look after old number one. But oh, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> Hallelujah. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the Lord is saying, when you give it all up, that's when I can lift you up. You've got to give God permission to blow into your life. It dissolved all of his substance. Took everything out. But then it caused him to ride high thou liftest me up to the wind causes me to ride upon it how can you ride upon a contrary wind well we need to ask peter the same question peter how did you step out of the boat when you were in the midst of a storm of contrary winds what is it that contributes to this well the thing that was in Peter's heart and I think it's got to be the same thing with us today is that he wanted to get closer to Jesus ladies and gentlemen it doesn't matter what the environment is if you want to get closer to the Lord God will have you ride on top of all chaos and the crisis in your life you'll be stepping across it oh hallelujah just as Peter was because as long as he was looking at Jesus even though sometimes it's not real clear they said we don't know what that that could be a ghost Peter said I know who that is and I'm stepping out in faith I know that there's always a Monday that follows a Sunday I know that this happened we go back and read this in Matthew 14 21 that this contrary wind, this storm came on the heels of them feeding this massive, this tremendous miracle of feeding the multitude. I know that a lot of times this is when you and I fight our biggest battles. It's on the heels of, of, a, of a wonderful move of God and there seems like there's a madness that follows the miracle. There's the storm after the supernatural. There's the battle that follows the blessing. We all understand that. And that's not un, unlike the story that we read about, they had just come out of this tremendous demonstration of the Spirit of God, but now they're facing contrary winds. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like i got to remind somebody tonight, even though you may be facing contrary winds, it still has not diminished the power of your Savior. He's still walking on top of the troubles. He's still the one, hallelujah, that brings healing in his wings. I know the doctor may have given you a negative report, but God is still the Savior. He's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. He is walking on top of what troubles every one of us. And it was, and it is, and this is, again, is a part of this whole um, ironic oxymoronish aspect of understanding the value of contrary winds but I want to remind you from this story that we read in Matthew that it was the storm that brought the Savior 
Some of you look back in your life and you're saying, I can't believe I went through that, but I'm thankful I did because it brought me to Christ. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! I've oftentimes told people, it doesn't matter what you got to go through in this life. Whatever it took to bring you to the Lord, it was worth it. Because if you can get a hold of Jesus Christ, and if you can learn to walk with him with your hand in his hand, I still think about that message in tongues that went forth on Sunday morning in both services. And there was some similar verbiage. And one of the phrases that I remember that was similar was that the Lord said, just take my hand and walk with me. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like telling somebody today, just take the hand of the Lord and walk with him. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the storm was. If it brought you to the Lord, it was worth it. Sure, you've had some stumbles. There's been times you started to sink. There's been times you took your eyes off the Lord and you looked at the storm, but you're still here. Hallelujah. You're still in the house of God. You're still walking according to the principles of God's word. It's going to be worth it all. Oh, I feel like lifting up my voice right now with somebody in this house. Praise him and thank him for the storm. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I exalt the mighty name of Jesus. I bless the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for the storm, God, that brought you closer. Thank you for the courage, God, that we got out of the safety of our boat and said, I don't understand it all, but I got to get close to you, Lord. I don't know what my future holds, but I know you hold the future. It's going to be worth it all. Every trial every mile it's gonna be worth it all Lord, I thank you for those contrary winds. I thank you for those environments that weren't pleasant but oh God I got closer to you Lord she In the name of Jesus. Come on, clarity will break through the confusion. If you'll just get closer to Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you'll remain standing, I, I run out of time to get into this, this last part, but I want to at least refer to something because I feel like it's the right way for us to understand the application of these biblical principles in Acts 27 we read about this storm that Paul was in 
as he was making his way to Rome to appeal to Caesar. And the Bible says when they started out, the, the south wind blew softly, supposing that they would obtain their purpose. It started out, it looked like everything was a favorable environment. But it wasn't long after that that the Bible says there arose a tempestuous wind. Contrary wind, tempestuous wind, I don't know what adjective you want to put on it. But it's an environment that they did not plan on. Paul tried to warn them, but they wanted to get to Rome. This storm was so bad it had a name, Eurachlodon. The Bible says, when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, there comes a time sometimes in our lives where the environment we're in is so overpowering that it just takes us, just like a fast-moving river, just, it just sweeps us up. Running under a certain island, which is called Clotta, we had much work to come by the boat. They're doing everything they can. They're lightening their ship. They're taking stuff off so this, the ship doesn't sink. They're fearful they're going to fall into the quicksands. They don't know. They're trying to do all that they can do with their knowledge of how to navigate this storm with this ship. The Bible says in 18 and 19 that they, they cast out. They were in this tempest. They were in this storm. And they, they lightened the ship and they put everything off that they could. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. That that they needed to try to steer and guide. Verse 20 says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Let me, let me just elaborate for 30 seconds on what that meant. Everything that they knew to do had been taken from them. Everything that they had knowledge of. Sometimes you get to a place where the Lord will just say, you got to just trust me. There's no way you can work yourself out of this with your own ingenuity, with your own abilities. But something happened that was supernatural. Paul says to them, be of good cheer. You're in a situation where there's no hope of survival. The man says, be of good cheer. Paul, can you explain to us why we should be of good cheer in this storm? Here's what he says. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul. hallelujah he never said you wouldn't go through storms but here's what he does offer you he offers his hand he offers you an understanding that God doesn't flee that God comes closer in contrary winds and Paul said there stood by me he wasn't across the room. He wasn't on the other side of the ship. He wasn't up in the air. He was right by my side. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost to tell you that clarity will break through the fear if you can understand that God is on your side. He's right by you. So be of good cheer. The storm didn't stop. 
ultimately they had to try to cast upon a certain island. You know why? Because when everything is shaken, you've got to find something that's got, some, that's got a firmness to its nature. You know, they talk about earth being terra firma. You've got to find something that's unmovable. You've got to hold on to something that's solid. Woo! Hold on to Jesus. I said, hold on to Jesus. And they didn't, couldn't tell. They didn't know. But when it was day, they knew not land. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust the ship. Sometimes you've got to just move forward in faith knowing that God has given you peace. And you may not be able to see what the end result is. But you point your life in the direction that is lined with God. God's word and godly counsel and you say, Lord, I don't know where the creek, but I'm going to point that way and who knows if God's going to make a way. Sometimes God's not going to show you the way out. You've got to just take it step by step. But if you keep your hand in the master's hand, let the winds blow. God, hallelujah, is on the side of his people. God is with the church. Hallelujah. I don't know what contrary winds you're facing. I don't know what's in your future. Here's what I do know. That if you'll take the hand of God, hallelujah, if you'll walk with the Lord, he's going to bring you through it. And when he does, you're going to go up to a higher place. You're going to be able to walk with the Lord and know that everything is going to work out. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Would you lift up your hands one more time? Oh, we give you thanks and glory, oh Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord, that encourages us. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I give you glory. I give you praise, oh Lord. Oh, come on, if you need the Lord, hallelujah, to lift you up some tonight, feel free to step out of where you're standing and come to the altar. Come down here and lift up your head and lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. If you've got to go, God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Be encouraged through the word of God tonight. But if you say, I just want a little something extra before I leave, hallelujah. I want to get into a posture, a position of praise. And I want to lift up my hands and my head and say, Lord, I feel that you are right by my side. Hallelujah. Oh, give me the vision like Paul had that I can be of good cheer, that I can have peace in the midst of the storm. I know everything's going to be all right, God. You stood by me this night. Woo, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus.